0: Welcome to Pursue the Pool, the podcast that is geared towards helping people who want a career change, or for those who want to work for themselves, or for those who want to set up their own business. Now, how do we differ from all of the other inspirational podcasts? Well, we interview people from a range of different industries. So if you want to set up your own marketing agency, or restaurant, or floristry, whatever it might be. We have someone specific from that industry who will tell you where and how to start, the highs and the lows, and most importantly, the truth. So we are one group, one community, and we have all of the answers. Now, I am your host, Stacey Bevan, and today I have an amazing guest. So I am joined with the one and only Ramona De Paris who is the founder of a self-branded business that specializes in content writing and management. So, first of all, thank you for joining us, Ramona. We really appreciate the insight that you're about to give us.
1: Thank you so much, Stacey, for this opportunity. I'm so excited to share what I do with you.
0: We are excited also. Okay, so before we actually go into the questions that have been devised by our audience, I just want to give a bit of background into what you do and your company. So, You are a veteran on the journalism and iGaming landscape and you launched the business on a full-time basis last December and you service a variety of verticals that range from media houses to print magazines, luxury brands in the hospitality and fashion industry, gambling operators, software providers and affiliation companies. You currently provide clients with the following services, so content writing across various sectors, content management creation of SEO briefs, on-page SEO optimization, and also website management. You also have a non-monetized lifestyle portal that is used mainly for lead generation and as a training site for some students that you have. Although your business started out as a one-woman powerhouse, the reputation built across two decades, which meant that it took less than three weeks to reach the full capacity. And at that point, the business was faced with two options, start turning away clients, or scale up. Great position to be in. Um, You chose the latter, of course, and you kicked off a collaboration effort to start managing a pool of freelancers, writers, and pairing them up with the right client. However, it was also immediately clear that there was a huge gap in the market in terms of qualified content writers, which I know very well. Uh, who take a professional approach to the brief and who are equipped with the necessary tools. Now, this led to the founding of a parallel branch of the business, mentorship and training and you are currently working with a few hand-picked pudding writers offering 360 degree coursework in digital content requirements such as on-page seo keyword research and link building now outside of this you are a best-selling author of three books and you are also a multi-award winning journalist and received the award for Best Cultural Journalism in 2015 and Best Opinion Writer in 2014 from the Institute of Maltese Journalists. So that is fantastic and you know I can't wait to get started on this so I'm just going to jump into the first question. So can you give us a little bit of background you know was you working full-time before this? How did you even start this business or know that this was what you wanted to do? So can you just Tell us about this transition period and
1: where it all began. Well, I guess you could say that I'm the sort of person who always had a bit of a side hustle going on. So although in reality, I've been full time employed for most of my life, I was always looking to do these extra kind of things. So I would have maybe some magazine interviews going on. I edited different lifestyle magazines. I uh, I was writing books. It was kind of. I always felt that it was not enough, just clocking in eight to five. And then I don't know what else do you do then? So, I mean, I remember when I was a student, I was already getting in touch with media houses, trying to, um, trying to, you know, uh, get them to publish my first features, which took a while. I mean, I must have sent out dozens of uh, write-ups, interviews, features. One fine day, it must have been a slow news day. And I got a reply from the Times. From then on, I've always been writing regularly on my own steam, which helped when it came to the transition because the culture shock. And uh, I mean, I was pretty much building on to what I had already been doing. It wasn't that I uh, it wasn't that I suddenly there was a 180 degree turn. So uh, I have worked in journalism and in content management most of my life. And there came a point when I realized that I was, um, I was kind of refusing projects that I was interested in. Because obviously, when you have, uh, I had a managerial full time role, so it was difficult to juggle everything. And at a certain point, I decided, you know what? I don't want to refuse doing things that I love anymore. And maybe it's time that I take the plunge and be brave because it does require quite a bit of bravery. And take this upon myself on a full time basis. I guess the transition happened organically, like I said, because I was, I was doing all these things for a smaller level of client anyway. And then I just took it to the next level and committed, focused and figured, yeah, this is, this is what I want to do really. Wow.
0: And and did you always know that you were eventually going to go and work for yourself? Or did it just kind of happen? Or did you think, you know, I'm in full-time employment, I'll continue to do this? What was your thought process at the time?
1: Well, in all honesty, I have always felt that I should have my own full-time business because my Work ethic is very well suited to that. So I don't have issues with procrastination, for instance. And I'm a, th- this is the thing. When you start out working as a journalist, you learn very fast to be independent and proactive and work on your own steam because, hey, you have to make the stories happen. You can't wait around for the editor to tell you, why don't you do that or the other? So it's a kind of very much a mentality that was ingrained in me from a very young age, you could say, and they always had this wish, let's call it. But for some reason, it took me a while to, to get there. I mean, the reason also was that I was enjoying the roles that I had. I worked with some lovely companies. I had some amazing teams to run. I had fantastic colleagues. So it wasn't that I was unhappy, but I always figured, I think there's more that I can do.
0: And when you actually took that step and done that transition, did you have a plan? Did you require any initial investment? Like, how did that happen exactly, that transition from full time to then going straight into working for yourself?
1: Well, I think I saw delight pretty abruptly because there was a period of time like spread over maybe four weeks, five weeks last November, when I was really refusing a lot of projects. And every time I refuse something, I'm like, "Hmm, damn, I really wish I could have done that. And then there comes a point when you realize you're refusing so much work, that honestly, what was I waiting for? So I guess the plan kind of presented itself in a way. And I just I, once I made the decision, I reached out to all all those clients who had been contacted me and I had been kind of not putting off, but I had been prevaricating and I'm like, you know what, let's do this. Are you still up for it? And it was suddenly, I mean, it was full steam ahead very, very, very fast.
0: (laughs) Wow. Okay. And, you know, do you, is there any kind of um, inspiration that you saw in terms of did you watch any videos or anything that, you know, was that you used as kind of a guide or to motivate you?
1: Well, I am active in a lot of communities, so I'm always following these, whether it's on LinkedIn, whether it's on a personal level, via cultural associations, via gaming companies getting together. And you kind of do get inspired by seeing that other people in your same position have taken the plunge and have made it work. So you start thinking, okay, if look, they have some very good tips. Uh, they they had a very good plan, and I can try and do the same. I mean, I do consume a lot of online content, whether it's workshops, masterclasses, um, uh, videos on LinkedIn. On I I love following the Guardian UK in terms of creative writing because there's always some. Excellent masterclass going on, and then there are the SEO workshops. Of course, I mean I follow Search Engine Roundtable religiously because you immediately know what Google's been up to that can maybe affect your client ranking, so you can kind of preempt if you know what I mean. So it's a mix of technical inspiration and more creative writing inspiration. Let's call it that. But uh, yes, it does motivate you when you see other people succeeding, other people breaking boundaries. And you figure out, hey, let's let's aim for the stars, you know? Yeah, yeah, of course. And um, during the
0: period when you started going it alone, have you had any um, challenges that you've had to overcome? And if so, how did you overcome that?
1: I suppose the initial challenge that goes through everyone's mind is the financial aspect. So more specifically in fact i believe you asked it, do i need to invest yeah. because you know you're trying you're not necess- you don't necessarily have access to seed funding or whatever i am fortunate because content happens to be one of those areas where and like i said i started on my own where you don't need to overshoot if you have a well you know a strong high performance laptop and a very very good smartphone you can start out right there, and then you can continue adding on the investments with apps, equipment, tools, and whatever, gradually without having to necessarily, I don't know, spend a ton of money from the get-go. Yeah. So from a writer's perspective, I guess it's easier maybe than other industries because mm. you can control it better. Okay. But of okay. course, now that I'm developing the business and that I'm scaling up, it's a bit of a different story. I mean, making my uh, mentorship program work out is it requires an outlay because there are course materials, there's videos to be done, there's uh, equipment to be uh, to, to to be bought. so yes, there is an element of ex- expenditure and investment now. However, I do believe that as long as you do it gradually and step by step, You know, you don't try to outrun yourself, so to speak. And you have a plan. There's nothing to fear, honestly.
0: Yeah. And, um... Did you have? Because one of the things that we find is that um, it's, it's quite scary. I think you mentioned it earlier going from a full time position into your own business. So, how did you um, overcome that fear? Because this is something that a lot of people struggle to do. They have a lot of self doubt, they get scared, and they're like, oh. So, how did you conquer that? If you like, how do you overcome that fear?
1: I totally had that. I mean, I did spend some sleepless nights wondering because the issue is when you're used to getting a regular salary at the end Mm -hmm. of the month, you know, it's there and you do not have to worry about it. But of course, when you're working, uh, when you're you're running a business, cash flow might be a problem at some point. There might be issues with payment. There might be clients who take a bit longer to pay up. So yes, yes, that is a very real worry. I conquered it by doing a lot and lot of background research into the financials and also by making sure that I had a few months kind of, um, let's call it an tag to fall on should things not pan out exactly as I had planned. Because hey, life, I mean, you know, doesn't always work out perfectly. However, I figured that, even if things don't go perfectly for the first few months and there's, it takes a bit to build up and there's no steady income coming in at first, I know that I'm covered for a certain period of time. Yeah. And then, of course, I mean, once you have a plan and a plan B and a plan C, and I had those, then you start worrying a bit less and figuring, OK, let's focus on Making it to work rather than expecting it to fail, if you know what I mean. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, that sounds good. I like the plan B, plan C approach. That's that sounds really good, actually. And um, I just want to ask because a lot of people are still struggling to know what it is they want to do. They, they 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 haven't identified their passion, if you like. How did you know that this was something that you wanted to get into? How do you how did you identify that this was a passion of yours?
1: Well, I suppose I was a late bloomer, in all honesty, because I'm actually I'm actually a lawyer by profession, ah, and I, yes. I I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a very interesting area of as a profession. It's a very interesting area, but it was not what I wanted to do. And uh, I mean, I guess deep down, I always realized when I was a student. Fun fact: I used to um, sell essays to those who didn't feel like doing their homework so I'd be there scribbling three alternative versions and then sell them out or or exchange them for you know sweets or snacks or whatever so maybe the hustle for writing (laughs) I mean it's I I should have I mean I think the universe was trying to tell me something even at a young age honestly (laughs) yes yes
0: I can see it I can see that okay and um so This is kind of the most important question, I think, that that a lot of people um, want to know. You've given some great advice already, but what advice would you give to people? So there's two parts to this question. What advice would you give to people who wanted to start their own company? And then what advice would you give to people who wanted to do exactly what it is that you're doing
1: Okay. I I honestly am a very big believer in having the plan B and the plan C. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking of this, plan ahead and make sure that you have alternative routes to, to follow if things don't go as planned. So in my case, plan A was the actual business idea. Plan B was it's fine if I'm not getting any income at first because I have a certain amount of savings that can last me through. Plan C was giving myself a cutoff date where if I'm not seeing any scope for the business to grow, then I would return to full time employment because it's not a life sentence. As in, even if you try out your own business idea and it does not work out, it's not the end of the world. You can go back to full time employment. You can come up with another project in the next two, three, four, five years, whatever. There's no time limit to this. That's the beauty not, of it. Yeah. So, even if you get a bit of a setback, it's not tragic. You can just go back, chill, take some time for yourself and then give it another go really. Mm. I mean, uh, that's my uh, my top uh, go-to go-to advice, I guess. But of course, you need to make sure that you've started networking, you've started reaching out to people and I found that one of the uh, one of the things I am very grateful for is that I always had excellent relationships with my former employers. Mm-hmm. So they form the bulk of my current clients, the employers I've worked with before, the companies, yeah. the media, how they all as soon as they realized I was doing this, everyone was giving me work. So it's very important that even if you decide full-time employment is not for you. Do not burn any bridges. I guess that applies to everything. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, that's really good advice. That is. That is. It, it's true. Um. And uh, what if they wanted to go into doing exactly what you do? What advice would you give them?
1: Well, if someone's starting out as a freelance writer on <laughs> the road, I would advise them to make sure that they have their knowledge is on point so basically whether we are talking seo whether we are talking digital trends whether we are talking um writing capacity everything has to be on point it's it's a very competitive market and uh, although everyone seems to be thinking that ai will kill the profession in reality It's doing anything but AI is only a tool that we can use to help us. But if our skills are on point, the work is definitely there because there's such a lack of great content writers. And I mean, please get in touch with me. Anyone who would like to start, you know, freelancing, please do get in touch with me. I can I will be happy to guide you according to your level. I can even mentor. I will put you in touch with clients. And uh, it's honestly the world is our oyster.
0: Oh, that is so, that's incredible. No, that's amazing. Look, you have been incredible. Thank you so much for doing this interview. I know that there's a lot of people that are really interested in your area in particular. So, you know, and they're kind of like, how do I do it? How do I get into it? How do I scale up? So, you know, you've given some amazing advice. So I just want to thank you for joining us today. And look, you know, if we can, we'll get you back another time and go through more because, you know, everything that you say is so interesting. So, Thank you so much, and it was great Thank to have you. you.
1: Thank, <laughs> Thank you, you so much, Stacey. Bye bye.
0: Bye bye.